Get your ass up and build a community around your content. It seems like no one wants to build a community around their content these days. Hello, it is me, Kinsey, and I am so excited for the interview that you are about to hear. It is with Sammy Sage. She is the co-founder and chief creative officer of Betches. You probably know Betches from tons and tons of viral content that they have published over the years, but I would love for you to get to know them in a new capacity today. Sammy is also the uh, host of Morning Announcements, which is Betches' show that goes over all of the news every single day. Um, and I think that it's a really fantastic example of the way that Betch's content has evolved. We're not just talking about the Bachelor franchise and the Real Housewives, we're talking about the January 6th hearings, we're talking about the FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago, all sorts of really big topics that show that women and consumers in general can be multidimensional and so too can content. And more importantly, a thriving media business can be built around it. So without further ado, Here's the interview. Hello, Sammy. Welcome to the show. I am, uh, like I was talking about before, a, a big fan of yours for many reasons, um, and not the least of which is that you are co-founder and the chief creative officer of Betches Media. And in all honesty, it sometimes feels as if Betches was like dreamt up and engineered specifically for somebody like me, um, a, a betchy woman who loves politics and also the Bachelor franchise. So I am really excited to have you here. I think we have a lot to cover here and I'm really, really excited to do it. So thank you, first of all, for making the time. Uh, and second of all, I think it would be great to get some introductions here. So if you don't mind, tell me a little bit more for the people who have not stalked you on TikTok profusely yet. Tell me a little bit more about who you are and what you do and why you do it. Hello. So first of all, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I want to pull one of those quotes that you feel like Betches was dreamt up for someone like you because that is the essence of what we have been trying to do for the past almost 12 years at this point. That is kind of the core thing that we have been striving for. It is like the crown jewel sort of of the company that we have always um, felt that our real value lies in. So just for some context, um, to introduce myself, I'm one of the co-founders of Betches. And you know, for anyone who doesn't know the story of Betches, I started it with two of my childhood friends. We all happened to go to Cornell together. We happened to live together our senior year. Ultimately, Betches was just sort of a, a blog we started that we were really trying to like satirize the culture and the people around us without being too hatery, we kind of like to say. Mm -hmm. We are amongst a certain culture so that we, and it you know gave us the perspective to write about it in a funny way that is also jabbing at sort of the things that we know are ridiculous and idiosyncrasies in what eventually became known as like millennial culture. So that's where we started and ultimately, we didn't start as a business, we started as just we were writing like funny things and it was anonymous we thought that you know we were seniors in, in college and we thought that we were going to try to you know get conventional jobs and the things we were writing about were quite honest and quite edgy um not always in a good way um so that was part of the decision to remain anonymous and then also it was just kind of like a fun thing we were doing it wasn't something we were trying to like marry ourselves to or plan for this to be something that will become you know what we're doing for the next decade but ultimately it went really viral sort of on its own in in a in the day of a different type of virality where people were reading it daily so at that point we we were graduating ultimately we were like 
okay, we're gonna see what we can do with this. We'll live at home. We, you know, attempted maybe trying to like make some money in other ways. Fortunately, we were very, very, very lucky that we could just live at our families without paying rent and work on on this and you know we lived close by each other ultimately it was kind of just like a you know an early slog we hired our first employee in 2015 and you know we the three of us own the whole thing we're self-funded we you know we're almost 50 employees and we've essentially you know bootstrapped the the whole thing um and we've you know, been through many different iterations of media. And now ultimately, you know, to describe what Betches is, we are a digital entertainment company. We are focused on female comedy, on funny, honest, and unfiltered content. You can find us across multiple platforms, whether it's Instagram, TikTok, podcasts, um, the web, obviously, e-commerce, we have our shop Betches. Um, and we also just came out with our own canned cocktail called faux pas. We're expanding just kind of in, in all different ways. You know, we've had the UUP live shows, which stems from the UUP podcast. You know, they're touring internationally, but we have created and what we want to continue to create is a brand that can really touch the lives of women in a genuine, helpful, entertaining, and funny way and a unique way that you can't really get anywhere else in this space. And that is really what we've devoted ourselves to doing, to maintaining our voice and our brand and really, you know, dedicating ourselves to making sure that that is what we are providing for our audience. Absolutely. And I love hearing this story because I think that maintaining the focus on that brand, on that voice, and serving a specific audience that otherwise would not get this kind of content. It seems like a no-brainer when you talk about it, but to just provide a little context, like you mentioned, virality looked very different when you started Betches. So too did the entire media ecosystem. When you started Betches, Instagram was not what it is. TikTok was not TikTok, right? Um, it was like the pivot to video was what people were talking about around then in the media space. And so how did you know at that point that you needed to focus on this singular brand and voice and all of the other kind of spokes in the wheel could go outward from there? Like what was the guiding principles that, that you kept in mind when you were building it, knowing that content had to really be at the core? I think there are two unique things about Betches that that have really helped us sort of weather the different, um, you know, phases and platforms and really focus on our voice. And the first is what is inherent in the brand is that this was started by three friends who are able to sort of talk to each other in a different way than like typical business partners can. So, I mean, with, with that comes, you know, a lot of, you know, came growing pains, you know, uh, understanding our relationship to each other as business partners, as at each phase of the business grows, maintaining a friendship with amidst, amidst the business relationship and, you know, three people tied together is, is not always like an easy, an easy dynamic. But ultimately I think that the strength of our friendship and how much we care about each other, the, the roots of that are in the brand. And you sort of can't replicate that. And we knew that that was a strength of ours. And we knew that that was what people loved. And so ultimately, that is a really key piece of why we knew we had something unique and knew that that was what we had to nurture. And then on the other side, you have the structure of the business and the fact that we're self-funded. We started, we put $1,500 each into 
a, you know, a bank account, but we've never received investment from anybody. Most digital media companies have massive investments from other firms. And so they are putting those investments into things like video. For example, we're now seeing like the second wave of pivoting to video. And if you're a company that has that has so much more money to spend on hiring, you're going to build your business around you know these these views and for chasing these views and your ad model is essentially based on eyeballs video is a very labor intensive and expensive type of content to produce we've always invested in high margin content that is inexpensive to produce but that is something that we can really show the brand voice on a podcast is easier to test out and try one podcast at a time rather than you know building a huge app and saying we're going to put several hundred thousand dollars into this app and if it if it fails then we just lost all of that and we have to fire this whole team and ultimately we you know we really hope to never have to lay anybody off we really want to focus have always really cared to focus on building a very strong risk averse business part of knowing what our strength is combined with that risk aversion, I think has helped us be cautious, make cautious investments into new areas and has also made us unafraid to be really honest about whether the audience is something is resonating and if we should keep doing it. I think it makes a ton of sense. And it's actually pretty perfect timing. I had Naomi Shaw from Meet Cute on last week and she was talking about the low cost nature of incubating storytelling or, or taking storytelling risks in an audio first format that you really can just experiment a lot. And I think you can make the same argument with a lot of the content that Betches creates, especially on short form vertical video. This to me has been super interesting to watch take off. One that I thought was a really interesting representation of the Betches media brand come to life was a TikTok that you made uh, using a voice clip from Andy Cohen talking about Ramona Singer. And the, the caption was about Elon Musk buying Twitter. And I think this is just a perfect example of this nexus of culturally relevant pop culture stuff with also current events that might be really big, that you can talk about the January 6th hearings and also not be incredibly boring. You can be everything. You can be anything. We don't have to exist in these one-dimensional ways. And I want to understand a little bit more how that kind of content has evolved and specifically what the the take has been from people in media. Do you think that you've been underestimated because the content does talk about like Bravo and the Real Housewives and the, the Bachelor franchise? Do people think that, that that is it? Maybe they don't understand that you're also talking about Elon Musk buying Twitter. Tell me a little bit more about that expectation that's placed upon Betches. Yeah, I mean, the name is so key to the audience, but it is, I think, so confusing in some ways confusing to the generation of people who are decision makers in terms of where money is allocated and building that trust has to really kind of, you know, we've learned has to really come from the grassroots. It comes from like the entry level person in the, in, in the, in a huge company. That's like, you need to work with Betches. They're the best in the spirits, you know, branding. They're the best with entertainment entertainment brand content. I think that really ultimately we are like in some ways like a weirdly like grassroots brand. To your point about the combination of news content with, you know, fun pop culture entertainment, 
that has really always been sort of my personal passion. I mean, I grew up watching The Daily Show, you know, every night and news has always been perceived as so serious, but I personally never really felt that it needed to be. And I never, I felt that it was treated with an over seriousness compared to the people who were involved in like what they were doing um, and the way that they were really mm -hmm. behaving, you know, public figures who are supposed to be in positions of power are not less interesting than Rihanna to me. There is, you know, it's just inherently yeah. not, um, it's just a different, language of understanding it. And so I was really, you know, I really have been very, I've been one of the creators of, or one of the leaders of the, the Betches Sup, which is our news and politics vertical. And it, when we came up with it in 2015, the brand conception was kind of like if politics met a Real Housewives reunion. I always sort of wanted to be the almost like a gateway to harder news. We want to basically bring the information to people in a way that's digestible and interesting. And the other key part is connecting it to people's actual lives. This isn't like some remote thing. What, what politicians decide on things like, should there be federal paid leave? is affecting all of us, no matter who you are. It doesn't have to be boring and esoteric, and it's much simpler than the people in government want you to think, because they want it to feel inaccessible to you. But actually, regular people are supposed to be in Congress. So much of, of the decision-making power that exists in the world today, those conversations are limited to very specific rooms and very specific people. And that's not what the internet is supposed to be, right? Like the internet was supposed to be this tool that helps us to, to get into those rooms, to break down the walls, to understand what's happening and where these conversations are happening and why they're happening. And I think for so long, there has been this really big divide that you're either C-SPAN or you're Barstool and you can't be both. You have to be one or the other. And that to me is, is just so like in a word, dumb, <laughs> to expect that audiences just want one thing all the time is, I think, lacking any foresight or any insight into the audience itself. Ultimately, I think decision makers at businesses, and this kind of goes into like the nature of sort of capitalism that sees growth at all costs as being paramount to creating value, which is sort of the opposite way that we have looked at running our own business in the very competitive digital landscape. If the same people who are making the decisions over um, you know, what is reported and how it's reported are the same people who are making decisions at brands where to spend money, where to what you know, what companies to invest in. And you know, I think ultimately there is sort of a generational decision making gap. That's why it's really important to, I think, take a multi-generational approach to decision making because ultimately it is thanks to the internet that I think there's more representation and more transparency into organizations of all kinds. And I think that there's, there's also something to be said here for evolving to meet the needs of an evolving audience. And this is something that a lot of digital media brands have not gotten right, I would argue. Um, and we've seen a number of them, quite frankly, go under because of this failure to consider the fact that an audience will grow. And you hope that as a digital media company that is trying to build a very specific brand that you can get people in early and keep them for as long as possible. And I think Betches has done a really great job of evolving in terms of content as its audience evolves as well. Um, and not just in terms 
terms of where the content is and what platform the content is on, but also evolving itself to meet these changing needs. So I'm curious about how that happens. We were very lucky to have started this at a time when you know, we were able to live with our parents. It was okay to be starting from zero. If we had had families and mortgages and other responsibilities, you know, we're very lucky to be healthy and able. And had we not had those considerations, maybe you have a great idea, but it's just not feasible. Um, it's not, it's not just about someone's determination. I try to resist that messaging. That's just like, oh, if you just like work hard enough, you can get it. That's not true. Like it's, you know, people work hard and achieve all levels of results thanks to other factors that have not nothing to do with their level of effort. It comes down to like personal determination and commitment, but that is by by no means the only factor. Right, right. One of many, I would one I would many. imagine. And I think another one is certainly just unbridled creativity. Tell me about how you stay creative and how you encourage your team to stay creative too, because you guys are coming up with great ideas that are obviously sticking with an audience. So how does that happen? Me personally, I have no process. It's just like, oh, here's the thought. But in terms of Betches, we really you know, have worked hard to create a culture that essentially fosters creativity and makes people want to be creative and rewards it ultimately um, and rewards like creatively performing. I think let's talk post pandemic. There were a lot, there was a lot of questions generally over, you know, is, we're we doing work from home? What does hybrid look like? Is it mandatory days? And ultimately we just settled on sort of an optional as needed model where you can go to the office if you want any time, but you do need to be there if you need to be there in person for something, you know, a client, a, a recording, a important meeting with Something that requires being in person. And ultimately, the office is really full like every day. And not because they all need to be there. Like, people go just because they want to. As we grow, we do really want to commit to maintaining a level of trust in our employees, understanding that there is, you know, two way communication between us, fostering collaboration. And I think that the flexible policy, you know, really does a lot to kind of show that we trust people to get done what they need to get done. I think trust is is enormous in in any business, but I think especially one that's rooted in a creative field. Um, You have to just trust that people are going to come up with good ideas and give them the freedom to do that. Thank you, Sammy. This has been wonderful. I really appreciate your time. And I'm really, really grateful for all of the insight. Thank you so much. This was really fun. It was great to meet you.